We are back. We are back. We are back. That is right. We are back. It is week eight, the NFL week eight pick'em podcast. And last week was an interesting one. Um, I went, I went seven and seven against the spread. Todd went five and nine against the spread, which got me right back into Ooh. the swing of things. Um, I am now down one overall. I'm thirty-one forty and one. He's 32-39-1. So we're one game apart at about the halfway point. I mean, for us, it's about the halfway point because we missed two game, two weeks. But neck and neck. What's our lock record? Our lock record, Todd's definitely winning. I am – well, you take my first two out. I am two and three. And Todd is – wait, no. Oh, yeah, no, you had an extra lock. You had the week two lock in. So we'll go from there. So I'm – Two and four, you're four and two. So you're beating me in the lock. Wow. Um, yeah. So, you, so for our viewers, just take whatever my lock is, and you'll you'll win some cash. You got that lock. So as we're all here next week, it will be week nine. So we will do our mid-season kind of mid-season breakdown of um, maybe awards who we think is the awards at the halfway point, stuff like that. That'll be next week because that'll be about the halfway point through the season. So we're going to jump into this week, a big slate here. As we're sitting here recording, we have the Thursday night game, which is the Falcons and the Panthers. Um, we won't talk too much about that one. We'll, we'll do that in the lightning round, as always, because um, it's just not that interesting. Um, but starting for the week, as we always do, our pick six, we're going to start it off with a team that's near and dear to both of our hearts. Uh, we're going to start with the New York Jets. Heading to the, of course. the Kansas City Chiefs. The point spread is 19 and a half points for the Chiefs. Over under is 49. Todd, I want you to go first because I already know looking at your pick, I'm already upset. So you go. Oh boy. Well, I think there's some reason behind that that pick. 19 and a half, that has to be one of the biggest spreads like in in NFL history. Like I can't recall. I mean, how many times does a Super Bowl champ, the defending Super Bowl champ, play a team that is winless at basically the halfway point during the season? Probably, you look up the history of the NFL, probably not too many games where that exists, where an 0-7 team plays a Super Bowl champ. So, can understand why the spread is that large. This is the ninth biggest, I'm trying to cut you off, this is the ninth biggest point spread in NFL history. The number one point spread, right, was the Peyton Manning Broncos versus the Jaguars, week six of 2013. Guess how high the point spread was. This was the Pey- this was the this was when they had just came off losing the Super Bowl. So this was their actual Super Bowl winning year, I believe. With the Jaguars quarterback that year, I want to say was like be- was it like Chad Henney or something? It was it was right before Bortles, because Bortles was 2014. So it was that year that they lost to get Bortles. Twenty, I'll say twenty-six and a half. Twenty-eight. Wow, that is that is the highest. So the Jets have the second highest since two thousand and seven. That's the that's the next best you know season that's in this thing. So um, very high spread. Sorry, keep going. So I think that spread is a little ridiculous. Not because I think the Jets have any chance in this game. There are some interesting wrinkles here. They're getting healthy. Um, there's some 
a little bit of excitement, take that with a grain of salt, excitement, because there really isn't any excitement. But if you want to get excited about something, a bunch of their rookies are healthy. Zaniga came off came off the injured list, came off the reserve. So he's back in the mix. Um, does that give them a chance? No. But I think this is basically a game that the Chiefs are going to treat somewhat like a bye week where they're not going to try and run off the score. They're, I would expect starters potentially – out of this game at some point in the fourth quarter, not because the game is close or not because the game is a, a complete blowout, but just because they know that they're in complete control. I see this being like a 24 to seven type scoreline where Chiefs aren't going to go fully, fully full throttle here. They're just going to, control the game, probably run the ball a lot, run the clock, why not, you know, there's there's no urgency to this game, this game doesn't really have an effect, even if they somehow lost this game, it doesn't really have too much of an effect on playoff seeding, just because they're, I think the teams in, in the AFC North are going to beat up on each other a little bit with the Ravens and the Steelers, so they'll have a couple more losses on their schedule, not the Chiefs are going to lose this game, but if they were in that situation, it wouldn't be the end of the world. So I think the under hits here, I have the Jets covering because I think this is a, a 17 point. I think they just cover this. And then obviously the Chiefs win this game. I have a couple of thoughts and this is why you're wrong. First of all, I feel bad because you sound like me two weeks ago. You sound like me. Just can cover. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. And last week. If it was 12 and a half, sure. I wouldn't be taking the Jets here. But 19 and a half is, is ridiculous. I mean, I don't have it in front of me. But I think five of the seven losses or four of the seven, lo- four of the seven losses, it would have covered 19. Um, but – This is kind of the point. The point is, the New York Jets played the Buffalo Bills last week, and the Buffalo Bills sleptwalked through that game. They were awful in that game. They could not well. They're fake though against a bad, bad, bad Jets team, and they still won by nine. Okay, we look at these two teams. The New York Jets have a point differential of 118 points. The next closest is. A 67-point differential. 67-point differential. That's the Dallas Cowboys. 67. We are almost double that in point differential. That's a big, big problem. That's a big problem. The Jets have given up 203 points a game. That's a good amount under. 203? No, no. They've given up 203 points against. Oh, I thought you said per game. No, do you? What? 203 points a game. You did say per game. Did I say per game? You did. I said it was under 30 points a game. Okay. All right. All right. Mm, you said per game. I don't even know how producer Bob unmuted himself, to be completely honest with you. Um, <laughs> um, but it's okay. So 203 points. That's slightly, slightly under 30 points a game. A little bit under 30 points a game. The Chiefs have scored 218 points total. That's under just under 30 points a game as well. So 
Those are two teams. One gives up 30, one scores 30. This is going to be an absolute rout. The Chiefs are going to score 45 points. Jets might be lucky if they put up 10 to 14. This is a blowout. The Chiefs are going to come in and steamroll the Jets. The Jets, I know they're getting healthy. I know we have this real like fake optimism, but the Jets... There's no optimism here. I just think the Chiefs aren't going to try in this game. They have no reason to try in this game. But I think thinking thinking that the Jets can can cover any spread right now. I know they covered last week against the Not Bengals. on their own ability, just on the Chiefs not trying. Why would the Chiefs not try? Because they can win this game with their eyes closed. Exactly. Why. They can and they will, and they're going to eat this game a lot. Oh, they're going to win this game. I mean, they can and will. I'm saying cover, excuse me. But they have the second, first or second best team in the NFL. We'll talk about another one later. I still have a hard time because of the Super Bowl champs that have, a, have really showed no blemish outside of against game against the Raiders where the Raiders played pretty well in that game. Um, really well, and I actually believe in the Raiders a little bit. We'll talk about that later also. But Chiefs are still the best team in the NFL, and they're playing the worst team in the NFL. And not just the worst in the NFL. Historically, maybe the worst team of all time. So I don't see any way. And also, on top of everything else I'm saying – I vowed after the two, two weeks ago I would not take the Jets points again. And I don't care what the number is. They can make it minus 36, and I'll trust Vegas. So I'm not taking any of these numbers um, that the Jets have. And the Jets are going to get routed in this one. It won't even be close. Adam Gates will keep his job because he's a great punching bag until the end of the season. And that's how that's going to go. Chiefs at home against the spread since 2018. They cover 59.1% of the time. You'd think it would be higher than that. They're 13, 9, and 1 at home against the spread since 2018. Yeah, but how many times have they played historically the worst team in NFL history? How many times has the spread been 19 and a half? That's, Vegas sets the spread at what they set it for for a reason. Okay, but – Just covered last week. Okay, but a team – a team like Alabama in college plays the University of Missouri, and they have a 29-point spread. Is the differential between this Alabama – Hold on. But is the diff, okay, but is the difference in Alabama and Missouri that crazily different than Chiefs and the Jets? The answer is no. There's never been – I don't think in, in my covering – The gap between the Jets and the Chiefs is – Less than the gap between Alabama and Missouri. I don't. I don't, I don't think it's that crazy. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm using that, that's that's obviously based off a hypothetical because I don't know what Missouri looks like this year. But producer producer Bob is is egging us on to wager here, so we might need to put together some sort of friendly wager here. I don't know what it would be because we can keep the masses updated on what that ends up being. Let's do this. Let's keep our brains going to the end of the show. By the end of, by the end of the show, we will have a wager for this game. We'll let, we'll right. let, Producer we'll let Bob, Bob go to work. Of a yeah. wager. Maybe he can finally earn his money. Um, but yeah, I uh, I don't I don't I just don't see how they cover. You do, so this is gonna be a fun one. Um, yeah, this is this is gonna this is this is gonna be something. All right, let's let's move on. We'll obviously come back. So we have a lot to say still about wagering in that game. We will come back to the next game here, 
It is the New England Patriots heading to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills are three-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 41-and-a-half, and we'll flip it here, and I'll start. Um, I just like the Bills here. I think the Patriots look very bad. I said this two weeks ago, and I'll say it again, or last week and this week, sorry, because the games are all messed up. Um, the Patriots right now look terrible, and it's not – just your average, oh, they won't lose two in a row. Okay, well, now they did. And Cam Newton, it's, I don't want, I, I understand it is very easy to say COVID, 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 or blame that or blame whatever. And that's a fair thing to say. Um, I've seen this Cam Newton before. I've seen the hot starts in Carolina outside of the one MVP year. I've seen the hot starts in Carolina, and then he goes on these runs where he just looks awful. He has no idea what he's doing out there. That offense is not conducive to him anymore. In the beginning of the year, the first two games, their dominance in the first three games even came from taking those, taking Cam Newton, putting him in a good situation to be powerful, and running all over the field. And that's what set up the rest of the offense. The teams have came in, made the Patriots one-dimensional. They're saying, Cam, you're going to throw the ball to beat us. And he has not looked the same. Whether it was the Broncos, whether it was the 49ers who put a hurting on him and the Broncos we talk about how I don't like the Broncos but their defense has been decent enough and then you go last week against a pretty good defense in um, San Francisco I know they're getting healthier and they're trying to get healthier and they're doing what they can they look better and they go against a Bills defense that I know statistically don't show it but the Bills defense has some players and they're finally getting healthy with Matt Milano back who I know the Jets game was was pretty weird last week, and um, which is weird, but having Milano back was a huge, huge moment because they stopped him on two fourth and ones, which could have changed the game. With all that being said, I, I, I just think this this Bills team is ready. I think this is the year they finally beat the Patriots. I, I, I Normally, any other kind of moment here, I'm probably still leaning Patriots because I have a hard time picking against the Patriots. Um but for me, it's just different. I just have not seen anything out of the Patriots that I could say, oh, the, the weather's starting to get colder. This is when they get better. I can't see it. So I'm going to take the Bills with the points. I'm going to take the over here because I think both teams – I think Patriots get a couple garbage time touchdowns here and there. Um, but, yeah, Bills outright. I mean, Bill Belichick plans extensively for these games. I think the Patriots cover this pretty easily. I think last game last week was just a blip on the radar. I think they'll figure it out. I have the overhitting. And I have the pass winning outright. I'm almost willing to say at this moment that the Patriots will still win the AFC East. I believe <laughs> it in my bones. Yeah. What bones? Two, two on that. What bones? Two on that a little bit. Uh, they, they're not even better than the Dolphins. Their defense is still legit. They are a top five defense by pretty much all statistical measures. They Didn't they just give up 33 to San Francisco? San Francisco has a middle-of-the-road offense, and that's, like I said, a blip on the radar. No, they are San Francisco's in offense. Of yards. Their numbers look fifth better in because they yards per play. Third against the pass. And That's a ridiculous statement. That's they're a... middle of the road. They're middle of the road against the run. You know, listen, I, I know. Bill's offense 
is based on the passing game. Patriots also offensively, they, when they're in the red zone, they score. So do the Bills, of course. But also turnover-wise, and I think this is why they're two and four, and you have to understand that Bill Belichick is probably getting on everybody about this. They turn over the ball 23% of the time. But they don't Bill Belichick knows that. He knows that's why they're two and four. And he's going to come up with some scheme that is going to make sure that they, they take care of the football. They don't have the talent to cover the mistakes. Every other year, you could say Belichick will get them in shape because they have X amount of talent. That defense, with all the – I'm not saying as a roster, but with all the opt-outs, that defense does not have the talent to withstand it. Outside of Gilmore, they have pretty much nothing. They have guys who have proven it at times, but they don't have Hightower. They don't have Chung. Uh, they still have the McCordys, I think. But they're miss- they lost Van Noy last year. They lost a Landon Roberts last year. I mean, they're missing key pieces that would – if they had all those guys, I'd be saying a completely different tune. Because last year, there were games where the Patriots' defense dominated, where Brady looked terrible some games. And that Patriots defense, the best defense in the league last year, dominated those games to win those. Who looked, who looked better last week, Josh Allen or Cam Newton? Or I should say, who looked worse? Cam Newton looked worse. Josh Allen. They were both pretty bad. They were both bad, but Josh Allen didn't make mistakes. Cam Newton threw three interceptions and got benched. Both QBs are on downward trajectories. But that, who's likely to come up? Who to go? down in flames more. I think it's Josh Allen. No, I think Cam Newton's ready in flames. He's already in flames, but he figured... He went 9 of 15 for 98 yards and got picked off three times, a 39.7 passer rating. Josh Allen was, I will bet you, much more efficient. I'll get the actual number for you here. He was 30 of 43 for 300 yards, no picks, and had a 90 rating. And he ran the ball for 61 yards. That's enough out of you. Why well, are Listen, I don't, I don't like Josh Allen. And I, by the way, I'm going st- to say in the middle of our sentence here, the fans better like this one because we are testy today and I love it. Um, but by all means, Josh Allen, I don't think he's the guy right now. I think he's fine. He's going to be serviceable for them. He might win them a couple playoff games at some point. But what I've seen right now, he's not there. He's a but, seven and nine quarterback. But don't, don't. Okay, but Cam Newton has looked terrible in the last two weeks. He got bullied by the Broncos, and then he got absolutely bullied by the 49ers two weeks in a row. Well, which system do you trust more, the Bills or the Patriots? Okay. Patriots. Oh, okay. I've heard all about In the divisional game. I've heard all about Patriots. I've heard all about this system. How many seasons, two straight games, did Tom Brady look that awful? I mean, Cam Newton's not Tom Brady. We're not making that comparison. Wait, but you're saying a system. So you're saying anybody can fit into that system, right? I'm not saying that Cam is going to play well. I'm saying the sum of the system is greater than the parts. So why isn't the system working right now? Because Cam had an uncharacteristically bad game. They weren't expecting him to have a bad game. Just like Tom Brady has bad games sometimes. 
and it ends up poorly, but their system will correct itself. How, but how can you not be um, expecting a bad game when you had a terrible game the week before? If they were playing someone, someone in, who has had more ability, if the Bills had shown me more last week, sure. I didn't see what, what was Bob's um, wager here. Said, can, we, can we say this on air or not? Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's nothing about like that. If Todd wins, Nick needs to record a video of him eating 10 hot dogs. Where that came wow. from, I don't know. If Nick wins, Todd has to tie his feet together and hop 100 yards while holding a football. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Okay. I, like, I like the idea and the um, – it's very – it's not bad. It's not bad. All right, Bob. You know, Bob, if you're listening, keep working. You're getting I don't want to measure, measure the 100 yards, though. I don't live at a football field. So. That's a good point. Um, well, it, would, it could be a rough estimate. Yeah, it'd be a rough estimate. We'll figure that out. Bob, not bad. I think you're on a great path. I think you're on a great path. And you know what? You're going to make it in this, uh, in this industry. Um, Thanks, guys. You're, you're, thank you, Babu. <laughs> and for those, I don't think, for our viewers of the Pick'em podcast, have heard from Babu yet. I think this is their first time. If you listen to the On the Bump podcast, he is a, uh, he's our producer. Gives us great questions, great thoughts. Um, he's a mystery face. He doesn't have a face. He's just mystery. Um, but yeah, this is the first time on the Pick'em podcast. But let's get off this because we can go on this Patriots thing for hours. I feel like we're not going to give an inch on either side. So what was That's your Patriots to cover? That's the Patriots to cover. Pats plus three and a half. Yeah, I'm say, almost going to make it my lock, but I won't. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't sure if you gave um, your picks. I wanted to repeat that just in case. All right, game number three, and this one. Lots to say on this one. We got the Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers, heading to the Baltimore Ravens, who are somehow some way three and a half point favorites. Over under is forty six and a half. And again, the Steelers, in a good game last week against the Browns. Should, I mean, uh, excuse me, against the Titans, should have been uh, at least a four twenty five start. This is a one o'clock start. If I'm mistaken, please somebody correct me. It is a one o'clock start. And again. It's it's just a weird one o'clock start for a very good game. Todd, you started it. Steelers have shown us what they're made of. Um, they're they're the third ranked defense overall in terms of in terms of yards per play. Um, just overall, third in pass defense. They're also it looks like they are second in run defense. So they're playing a run heavy team. They also like we've said. I keep saying it. They are the best at getting to the quarterback, making them make decisions on the fly. Of course, with the way the Ravens play, the Ravens play kind of a they're very mobile offense. It's not, you know, Lamar's not standing in the pocket just waiting for things to happen. If he sees the pocket collapsing on him, he's going to move. I still think the Steelers cover this game. I think we're getting a little disrespectful of the Steelers and what they're capable of. They might be the best team in the league right now. If you put them on the field against the Chiefs, it would probably be a very close game, probably a coin flip game. I have the Steelers covering. I have the overhitting Steelers straight up. Yeah, I think the problem here, I mean, yeah, you're right. The Steelers, in my opinion, are the best team in the AFC. I sent that to you on Sunday uh, before they almost decided to try to blow the game. but. They are the best team. I mean, it, it, I mean, I'm trying to say this the right way. They're the best team 
on the field, but I still can't put them over the Chiefs until the Chiefs do something disastrous. Um, and I don't think losing one game against the Raiders is that. I think if they lose a game, like, if, if, let's just say this. Let's say this. If, if the game against the Jets is even close, I'll put the Steelers above them because that's just as bad as losing a game. Steelers are very good. And I under I, I, any other season, I would understand the Ravens getting a point or two um, because of home field advantage. But home field advantage means really nothing. Even with percentage of fans, which I think the Ravens, I think they're allowed to start having fans. Them and Washington football team both are starting fans. I think it's minimal, but I think they are allowed. But I don't still think that plays a huge role. Um, so that three and a half points, like you said, is very disrespectful. Uh, we kind of – I think we almost agree here. Um, Steelers are very good. I think they're going to add another piece at the deadline. Um, need someone – you can't replace what um, Bush did. What's his first name, Bush? Michigan. Dion Bush? No, that's not right. Kevin Bush. Devin Bush. You can't replace his productivity with the injury, but you need someone because you saw last week when the game was on the line, they started to stumble in the middle of the field a little bit. Um, Minka can't do everything, so they may have a little trouble with a guy like Lamar because Devin Bush would be the perfect, perfect, perfect player to watch Lamar the whole game. Um, but you do have guys like Vince Williams who have been there. You can use a mixture of TJ Watt and Minka. I don't see it as a huge issue. Nobody else on that Ravens offense. I mean, Ravens are the weirdest team. Everyone still has them up in there in the rankings, but they're a five and one team that really, they, I feel like they haven't proved much. I feel like every game they've played and they've let a team back in outside of the Washington game that they won that pretty handily. Nothing has impressed me with the Ravens. No one stands out except for Lamar at times. I just like the Steelers here. I think they're going to cover easily. I do like the under. I think somehow, some way, the points stayed down. Um, I think it's a Steelers-Ravens game, so you never really know. Those divisional games, especially in the AFC North, get weird. As you saw at the Browns and Bengals last week, where if you had them, if you had the Browns minus three and a half, um, you're crying yourself to sleep because they missed an extra point to to lose that bet. Um, yeah, I get the under. My allowed. Am I allowed to change to the under? Because I'm looking at a couple things here. You are allowed to change. Ravens and Steelers. Okay. You are allowed to change to the, under the, the end of this podcast is, is your deadline. Because okay. you know what? during the podcast, we can switch around. They're all hearing it. But if we switch you know, blindly over the weekend, no one's going to know, and they're not going to believe right, it. No. Um, right, Raven, no. Yeah, Ravens and Steelers, two heaviest blitz teams. They blitz. Ravens blitz. 46% of the time, Steelers 44% of the time. So it's going to be an all-out battle on that front. Steelers, after a win, cover the spread 70% of the time. They are 14-6-1 and one since 2018, I should, note. I should note. So take all that information into account, and you should cook up a Steelers bet. And, and by the way, I mean, we're recording this on the night of the Falcons-Panthers Thursday night football game. Do have it on the background, and I have to make a point. We're not going to really talk about that game in depthly, but I am envious of Matt Rule and shout out Matt Rule and Joe Brady. Joe Brady is going to be an offense coordinator for one year because somebody's going to hire him. He's been unreal uh, with pl- getting called, getting the plays called for an offense that is led 
by no disrespect, but Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, of course. I don't want to forget. Hey, hey. Okay, but we saw Robbie's great we player. We love Robbie. No, Robbie's this a is, great – This great, podcast loves Robbie Anderson. Let's just put that out there into the world. He is a great player with a great fit, but also he's not a guy that's going to change your offense. Like, he's not going to, like – change your offense is a real word. He's not going to take your offense and, like, dominate the game and, like, win games for you. He's just not. But he's a great piece to have. The Jets should have kept him. The point is, Matt Rule and Joe Brady are doing something with this team. And even being – what are they right now? They're, they're three and four? Three and four. Three and four. They're three and four. So, being They'll be there, four and four after tonight. And I made a point – okay. Well, I made a point um, that I thought going into the season, I thought they had one of the worst rosters in football. I actually think I ended up saying that they did have the worst football, worst roster in football, um, and they proved me wrong. So I'm happy they have. I love Teddy. I love Rule. I love Joe Brady. I hope they make a run because I would like to root for them. Um, sorry, I was. I was they're basically that. Jets. They're Jets South. So yeah, they're what the a, Jets should be right now. So that was a. We also had Teddy Bridgewater in the building. So we did barely. He was here for the preseason, then we traded him. Yeah, Saints wanted the backup, which ended up being a third round pick for that. I think pretty good. All right. Yep. Well, that was a little di- uh, digress. Sidebar. Okay. Go to the next game here. Um, we have the San Francisco 49ers heading to the Seattle Seahawks, who are two and a half point favorites. The over under is 54. Seattle coming off a big loss to Arizona, where uh, just a weird one. Um, Arizona pulls that one out. Seahawks are definitely reeling. 49ers coming off a great win against the Patriots. I still don't believe in the 49ers, but they've at four and three, they're in last place in that division somehow, which is just hilarious. We have the five and one Seahawks, five and two Cardinals, five and two Rams, and then four and three Niners. Um, I just think this is a game where the Seahawks are, are upset, and I think they're a good enough team as they added um, Carlos Dunlap, edge rusher uh, from the Bengals. They traded for him this week. I think they're a good enough team to not let that happen two weeks in a row. I still don't fully believe in the 49ers. I know their numbers show that they could be good still. Um, I've just seen too much bad football out of them, and they're still missing those players. They haven't got many of them back. They got – I don't think they got any of them back, to be honest. And they're just getting it together a little bit, but I don't think that's enough to beat a Seattle team um, that, again, got kind of embarrassed last week. I can't see them losing after being embarrassed. And, again, at home, but doesn't mean much. But it's I think Seattle plays better at home still. Their record this year at home is 3-0. They have not lost a game at home. 49ers, well, something's got to give here because 49ers are 3-0 on the road. So, I mean, that counts the Jets, the Giants, and I believe last week was the Patriots. So, those are their three wins. So, it kind of goes up in the air here. But – like I said, I like Seattle and the points. I think that's uh, that's. I think that number should be a little higher. If you're going to give the Ravens all those points for basically being at home, I don't know how you don't do the same for Seattle. Um, I like the over here. I think points can get scored again. Uh, Seattle's defense is very, very, very bad um, right now without Jamal. Obviously, they add the pass rusher. I think they're going to add one more pass rusher. My early prediction here, this is a prediction from DSN Network. Ryan Kerrigan will be a Seattle Seahawk. I have no facts behind that. I just think he fit nicely. Wow. But Seahawks. Starting the rumor mill. Starting the rumor mill. Let's get it popping. Circulate the internet. Ryan Kerrigan for a conditional fourth round pick. 
That's what I'm saying. Could be a third if the Seahawks win the Super Bowl. This is just random thoughts are coming to my head. Anyway, Seahawks over. Seahawks, Todd, go. Seahawks, number one offense in the league. So there's that. Statistically, they're the number one offense in the league. Statistically, after a win, or I should say after a loss, Seattle is 6-3-2 and two against the spread since 2018. That is good for third best in the league during that time. 49ers are middle of the road offensively. They're 24th in terms of yards per play defensively. And that's pretty bad considering, like you said, they've played the Jets and the Giants, who are two of the worst teams, obviously, on both sides of the ball. So the fact that they're middle of the road offensively and bottom defensively just says that their three and three record is a little of an anomaly, which is why I'm also surprised that you're so down on the Patriots after that. But we'll save that for, for another time. This game is big Toddy G's lock of the week. Oh man. I'm not confident in it. Seahawks minus two and a half. I, I know last game was a weird game. I think something happened where the the Seahawks kind of laid off the gas for whatever reason. Their defense is third worst in the league, I believe, in terms of yards per play allowed, which you play in a a team that is very – in the Cardinals that is very offense-heavy, you know, with Cliff Kingsbury – they, they're they a well-run offense. They're eighth-ranked offense in the league. So eighth-ranked offense versus third-ranked defense or third-worst defense last week, recipe for a disaster at the end of the game. Yeah. yeah the Seahawks a- don't lose two games in a row, though. That's not going to happen. No. I just that- – you can smell that out with your bones. Seahawks minus two and a half. I have the overhitting because neither of these teams really play defense, like we've said. And uh, the Seahawks coming. You briefly mentioned the Patriots. You went back to them, so I'm going to make one comment about them. Okay. The Patriots are a team that does not lose back-to-back weeks. That that feeling yeah. alone, they never lose back-to-back weeks. Them losing back-to-back weeks is almost leading the charge for me feeling like they're just not the same Patriots this year. That almost leads the charge because they never lose back-to-back, so you feel now that they have and they looked terrible in the back-to-back games – like, coming off the loss, they looked even worse than they did the week before. That makes me more worried than anything else you could say. But. We have I really want to make it my lock, but I'm not going to. Patriots? Yeah. Do not. what you want. Switch it. Mm. Scared. That's scared. No. Scared money don't make no money. Um, for fifth game of the week, we have the – we have this right? Who's the – before we go any further, let's get this settled here. Buccaneers-Giants are the Monday night, right? And Cowboys-Eagles are the Sunday night. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, Cowboys are heading to the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia. That game That game should have gotten flexed out, but – Yes, it should have. Um, I think it's too early to flex a Sunday night game out outside of COVID issues. They can't flex – they can't fl- – Right. They can't flex night games until – Week twelve, I think. Oh, so those are 
those are two big markets. So. Yeah. Um, and they probably most likely, even if these teams are still playing the same way, they probably wouldn't flex it to be honest, because the markets you're probably right. Anyway, Dallas Cowboys, they head to the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are eight and a half point favorites over under is 43. Super duper low. Todd started up. Ben DiNucci, a quarterback. Ben DiNucci. He's the quarterback for the Cowboys. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I still think somehow in some world the Cowboys cover. I just think eight and a half between two teams that are god-awful is is not realistic. No, Neither team is going to run away with this. It's going to be a a race to the bottom here. So I have the Cowboys covering. I think obviously because neither of these teams really play defense, Cowboys, as we know, are just a god-awful defense. Somehow they're only ninth worst in terms of yards per play. But we know what the, what the real story is there in terms of what their ability is on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, somehow the Jets are only 11th worst, which is ridiculous. But that's another story for another day. Eagles are also a, a middle-of-the-road defense. And offensively, we know what their struggles have been. They turn the ball over. They don't seem to punch it in when they need to. It, it, it's a mess. They, they should be much better than they are. Um, in terms of scoring percentage and how often they score on their drives, a whopping 31.8% of the time, which is fourth worst. They turn the ball over the sixth most. So put all of that together. Obviously, turnovers may not play here because they're playing the Cowboys, but you put all that together and it just becomes a huge mix of nonsense and with all of the terrible stats on both sides of the ball for both teams here, I don't know how you can pick someone to say they're going to win by two scores, which is what an eight-and-a-half-point line is. That's saying two scores. So Cowboys cover here just because of all that. The overhits just because neither of these teams play defense. And I think the Eagles win this game by, you know, a field goal or something. Yeah, I um, I think the Eagles are better than they're playing. I think they have a much better roster as they get healthy. They're starting to get guys back slowly but surely. Obviously, they get Deshaun Jackson back, but then they lose him immediately almost. Um, Jalen Rieger could be back soon, which would be a big impact player. I just think this Cowboys team right now is really bad, and you throw in a third-string quarterback that's never taken a snap since until last week. Um, I see this being a absolute gong show. I think the Patri- uh, Patriots, the Eagles, we're so Patriots-oriented this podcast, but the Eagles are a team who can score a lot more to give them credit for. I think they get better this week. I think they show that they are the class AFC East, even though we kind of know that already. Um, but uh, and you know what? I'm going back and forth in my head here. I'm, I'm taking it. It's the lock of the week. This is the Nick Barlotta lock of the week. Eagles minus oh Eagles minus eight and a half. What an awful lock. I That's think, why you're two and four or whatever. I think, first of all, you take chances with your lock. You get weird with your lock. No, your lock is your lock. That's my lock, guarantee. My lock is that the Cowboys 
roster as it sits and the way they're playing. I shouldn't say the roster as it sits because maybe that's not fair. But the way they're playing is just as bad as the Jets or Giants have played in the past. And when I looked at the the spreads, the Jets and the Giants were getting and they were and they were getting blown out and they were teams were covering the spread by 14, 15. I like the eight and a half. I think Eagles have gotten better as the weeks have went on. I thought when they needed to, they looked good against the Giants. I think Giants defense, we'll talk about that in a couple minutes here. Giants defense has shown signs that they're better than people give them credit for. That offense is putrid. But yeah, I like the Eagles. I think the Eagles dominate the Cowboys. I like the over here. I think that, that 43 is so low. That 43 is disgustingly low. And then I like the Eagles outright. I think this is Wentz's big week. Eagles cover 43% of the time within their division since 2018. So have fun with that. I think the Cowboys are just as historically bad. They cover 45% of the time within their division. So both are pretty bad. How many, times, how many times have they covered without Dak Prescott and Andy Dahl, and then they have to go to a third-string quarterback? Look that stat up, please. That stat probably doesn't exist. But it doesn't exist. Teams are bad. No, it doesn't exist. They're hot of the So maybe ben, maybe ben DiNucci's Tony Romo. Who knows? And then they don't pay Dak Prescott this offseason. They give Ben DiNucci the bag. I think uh, yeah. if they get a high pick, which they will, let's say they get the third pick, Jets get the first pick, Giants get the second. I think it goes Lawrence. Giants take someone to protect Mr. Daniel Jones. And then it goes – Wow, Ben DiNucci went to James Madison. James Madison. Popular school with the Jersey kids. With the Jersey kids, yep. Speaking of Jersey teams, ooh. Well, technically they're New York, but they play in Jersey. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to – the New York Giants, Buccaneers are 12 and a half, excuse me, 12 point favorites. Over under is 45. And the Buccaneers are coming off a dominant win against the Raiders, who I said it before, I think the Raiders are better than people give them credit for. And the Giants are coming off a slight loss, a disaster. I mean, disaster the way it ended. Um, loss against the Eagles on Thursday night last week. I, as much as I just said, Giants defense has been better than they're given credit for outside of a couple games. Um, they have some good pieces there, but I think this is a week where there's not much they can do. I think the Buccaneers are, if not the best, I, you know what, I'll, I, I'll say it. I think they're the best team in the NFC right now. Um, I think I had the Seahawks, but that loss last week worried me and showed how bad that defense can be. The Buccaneers defense, maybe outside of the Bears, is playing like the best defense in football. They're all over the ball. Todd Bowles has a great system going there. Shout out Todd Bowles, friend of the podcast. Um, Shout out Todd Bowles. And they're getting their pieces healthy on offense. Chris Godwin is back. Gronk starting to look like the Gronk we've seen. And I'm not saying elite Gronk, but he's starting to get back to like even two years ago Gronk. Like just good enough to be a red zone target for them. And that adds a different dimension they were not even talking about them bringing Antonio Brown in, who I think will have an impact on this offense. I think this game stays minimal for the first half. I'd say first half ends like 21-10, and I think this game ends like 45-13. I think it's a second-half finish, just like last week against the Raiders, close into the second half and then a blowout. Um, <clears throat> I like the Bucks. I like the um, over, and I like the Bucks with the points. 
we're pretty much on the same page here, Nicardo. Uh, team defense-wise, overall, Buccaneers are the best. Like you said, shout out Todd Bowles. Yeah, they give up 4.8 yards per play. He's a huge friend of the podcast. If Todd Bowles, if, if you're listening out there, um, we would love to have you on the show, talk talk defense, all that fun <laughs> stuff. Yeah, they're second, second-ranked defense in, in the league, or first-ranked defense in the league. Giants aren't that bad defensively, like you said. They are 11th in terms of yards per play, but that is mostly due to them being able to somewhat stop the run. They are 21st against the pass. The Buccaneers, Tom Brady, they pass the football. That's what they do. They air it out. They air it out to Chris Godwin. They air it out to Mike Evans. They air it out to Scotty Miller. They air it out to Gronk. They even air it out to some of their running backs out of the backfield. So take that all into account. Um, Giants offense obviously is pretty putrid. They are the fourth worst offense. The only offenses worse are obviously our New York Jets, the Washington football team, and the Matt Nagy slash Adam Gase White led Chicago Bears. So take all of that into account, put it in a jar spit it out you get the bucks minus 12 i think that's actually pretty fair spread you could have even gone a little higher anything under two scores there i would have taken if it was 13 and a half i would have taken it over hits i think the game plays out pretty much similarly to exactly what you said like a 45 13 type score line and you have bucks outright yeah i, I think it's not talked about enough how not the same but how close the Giants really are in being so bad to the Jets. I think the Giants' defense is just good enough to make people not think they're close, but the Giants' offense and the Jets' offense is pretty identical. Um, but a little breaking news to the podcast uh, before we oh. get on the lightning round. Um, from This is from the world of college football. Um, Clemson quarterback We're Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence has tested positive for COVID-19. No. So the, so the Jets have already jinxed him, and he's not even on the Jets yet. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's tested positive yeah. for COVID-19. He will not play against Boston College. Not that that's, a, that's a 21-day, I think, at least in the Big Ten. They, well, this is his – play for 21 days. This is his first so – I don't know what the rule is in the ACC. This is – no, I mean, it's definitely 21, but um, this is his first test positive, so he still can do what Saban did, and if he gets three in a row, then he's good. It's a little different, but um, he's got to get three positives in a row, so we'll see. And if he actually has COVID, he won't get that for two weeks. So, Not actually, I mean, like, that doesn't I, – I, I don't want anyone out there to think that I'm, like, an anti-COVID person. I'm saying actually we're, – we're, cut, we're cutting this part out, edit it out. No, we're not, because I'm going to clarify in the best way possible. I mean when there's false positives, because there's been a lot of false positives in football and sports. Oh, no. And then for Nick Saban, example, Nick Saban, he had the false positive, and then he got four straight. But there's are, there are players who have not had the same situation. So that's what I meant by that. We're clarifying. We are not cutting it out. I stand by my comment. It is time. Play the music. I forgot the music last week. Real big mistake. And the intro was stupid. I apologize for you that. You did. 
We're playing the music. It is no the lightning round. Music, hit it. Let's go. It is lightning round. Hit it. Bang. Let's get this thing popping. All right. Um, we're starting here. Thursday night game. Falcons at Panthers. Panthers minus two point favorites. Over unders 51 and a half. Time go. Shout out Matt Rule. Shout out Robbie Anderson. Friend Shout out Joe Brady. Shout out Teddy Bridgewater. If you want like a four way interview there, come through. Mm-hmm. Panthers minus two. I think that's easy. I would have even considered making it my last over hit. Panthers, boom. Falcons plus two. I like the under. I think it stays cool. And I like the Falcons. I think Falcons are a better team Woo! than you credit for. I think Dan <laughs> Quinn. I, I think Dan Quinn is not a. I, this doesn't mean I think the Falcons can do anything this year. Obviously, they're way down there. But Dan Quinn, not a bad coach. Was, his time was up in Atlanta. They're playing better now. That offense That offense is still legit with Julio and Matt Ryan. If they're healthy, they, they can go. Next game, I'll start this one off. Colts, two-and-a-half-point favorites going to the Detroit Lions, over under 50. I'm a Lions guy. I have I have fell in love with the Lions. I think they're much Whoa. better. I think we killed them off too soon. You love the Colts, though. Yeah. No, You're I told you. I told you. I told you. When they lost to the Browns and then they lost, then they played bad against the Bengals. I said if they played, if they didn't cover against the Bengals, I think they were my lock that week. I was done with the Colts. I'm done with the Colts. I made a mistake. Oh, they're they're an okay team. They could be a wild card team. I'm done with the Colts. The Lions are my new fad. I think that Lions team is much better than giving credit for. They trade for Everson Griffin. The offenses look consistent enough. The defense is getting better. They gave up 20 points against a 21 points last week against a pretty good Atlanta Falcons team. I will take Detroit. I will take the under and the Lions. Yeah, I'm with you there, except for the under. I think the Lions, this could be. they got to make a run here at some point. They've had Matt Stafford for a while. Something they they got to put something together here. They're not a terrible football team. So I have Lions covering this. I have the overhitting, and I think the Lions win this game. Next game, we have the Oakland. Ooh. They don't play in Oakland. The Las Vegas Raiders heading to the Cleveland Browns. Cleveland Browns, two and a half point favorites. Over unders 51. Todd started up. You're not going to like this. I have the Raiders covering this game. Raiders plus two and a half. I have the over hitting. And I have the Raiders winning this game straight out. I think this is a game where we see back down the, the downward trajectory of the Browns, you get the highs with the Browns, you get the lows with the Browns. We're coming back down to earth this game, and I think the Raiders win this game pretty easily. I think you're not going to believe this, but uh, we're in lockstep. I like the Raiders as well. Wow. Um, and it also just shines like the fact that I spend all this time before the show writing these worksheets out so you can see my picks and your picks, and you clearly just don't look at my picks, but that's fine. Raiders, two and a half over, and the Raiders. I like this game. I think the Browns are a fine team. I think they're a third wildcard team, but this is a week where Vegas can kind of prove themselves. The Raiders win this one outright. And yeah, that's it. I'm going to go there. Next game, we have the Los Angeles Rams heading to the Miami Dolphins. Um, Rams are three-point favorites over under 46. It is the Ridiculous. first. It is the first start for Tua Tago by Lolo or Tungo by Lolo. I think it's pronounced Tungo by Lolo. No, I said that wrong. Um. Anyway, I like the Rams here. I think they're going to have something special for Tua. I think if this was Fitzpatrick, you know how I feel about Ryan Fitzpatrick, the spread killer. It is not Fitzpatrick. I think they'll have something really prepared for Tua. I like the under here. I think it stays low. Rams cover the points. Rams do the game. 
Yeah, I don't know what we do about those t-shirts now, now that Ron Kipchak isn't a starter. Um, I was considering making this game my lock of the week as well, just because I think that spread is obnoxious, minus three for the Rams, who are a Super Bowl pedigree team. They could easily make a run this year, um, and the Dolphins just kind of, I think, tanked their season somewhat by starting back with Tua. It, it could work in their favor, but I don't think it works out right away. I have the Rams covering this. I have the overhitting and Rams straight up. Next game, we head to Nashville for the Tennessee Titans, the five and a half point favorite Titans heading. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. Correction. The Tennessee Titans, five and a half point favorites, are heading to the Cincinnati Bengals games in Cincinnati, my mistake. Over under 53 and a half. I think this is a game. It was almost my lock of the week. I think Titans, if if they have if they are the team we think they are, if we think they're a top five team. This is a week where they come out and defensively put Burrow in his place, have something ready for Burrow, and they'll score points against a very bad Bengals defense. Um, you could score at will against them. I like this game big. I like the Titans. I like the under. Somehow, I think it's like one of those like 38-10 kind of games or whatever it is, where like staggered, and I think the uh, Titans win. Yeah, Bengals are eighth worst defense statistically. They're also eighth worst against the run, so you know what the deal is with Derrick Henry, all that. I need a big week from him. Fantasy-wise, Titans minus five and a half. I have the over him. I think Derrick Henry runs, runs wild. Titans out there. We head to Green Bay, Wisconsin. There was a WWE wrestler that used to say Green Bay, Wisconsin. Who was it? Mr. Kennedy? Remember Mr. Kennedy? Why did that just come Oh, yeah. Head? I know Mr. Kennedy. Yeah, that's just. We're gonna have a wrestling crossover. From Green Bay. Okay, I started something. I started something that I didn't stop. I knew I shouldn't have said it. Bob knows. Bob knows. Bob's gone. Bob. Bob left us. He's probably. He's. Bob left. He's busy. He's not in the chat. Um, he gave up on us. But uh, anyway, Green Bay. We we had a Green Bay Wisconsin. We have the Minnesota. The Minnesota. We're good. All right, cool. Minnesota Vikings heading to the Green Bay Packers. Seven-point favorites over under 51. Todd, start it up. Mr. Rogers is a bad man. Packers minus seven. I think that spread is obnoxious. The overhead Packers straight up. I think the wheels are back on the bus. Packers. Aaron Rodgers had a big week last week. I did not start him in my fantasy matchup. It almost cost me. But Deshaun Watson had a semi-okay game, which helped me get the win. But Packers picked this. Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. You're going to hit me on this. Packers win this game. Um, Packers, they go over here. Something about this just tells me, screaming for me to take the Vikings. I feel like Vegas wants you to um, take the Packers. They drop that number down for you. They're trying their best to get you in a spot. I just like I, I like the Vikings here to cover. I like the Packers, and I like the over. I think it's a weird game, but I think Vikings nice. have the fourth worst pass. Wow. Something about it just makes me feel like the Vikings can find a way to cover here. Next game and second to last game. 
we have the Los Angeles Chargers, two and a half point favorites, heading to the Broncos over under 44 and a half. I like the Chargers here. I think the Broncos are worth nothing. I think Chargers two and a half. I like over. Herbert is the truth in Chargers in this game. Nah, this is a game. There are certain areas, certain places you go to where no matter what the team is like on paper, if you're a young and experienced team, there are some places that are just tough to win. Denver's one of those places. Denver's defense is going to get up for this game. Um, they're eighth ranked against the pass. I think Justin Herbert has kind of a, a comeback to earth game this week. Denver also eighth ranked defense overall. So despite their record, they still show on that side of the ball. I have the Broncos covering. I have the Broncos. I have the under hitting. And I have the Broncos winning this game. Yeah, and I, I, I don't begrudge you for that feeling. But anyway, last game of the week, we have the New Orleans Saints, four and a half point favorites heading to the Chicago Bears. Five and two Chicago Bears, over under 43 and a half. Um, this is a game where I think Bears can prove something here. They won't. I think Saints are still a good team in the NFC. I still think them and the Buccaneers are way up there. I like this game um, to go under. I think the Bears defense is very good. I just don't think the Bears can score enough here. I think Saints cover, and I think the Saints. Yeah, I think Saints win this game pretty handily. I think the wheels are going to start coming off the bus in in Chicago, so that should be interesting. I think this is a game where, against the Saints defense that is mediocre, if the Bears offense can't put something together here, it's going to be a problem for everyone involved. Nick Foles looked a little shaky at times last week. I think Saints, if they're going to make a run at this division and get a high seed in the NFC playoffs, they have to win this game. I have the over hitting because I think the Saints can score even against this defense and sink straight up. Yes, that is, that is, that's, that's the lightning round. The lightning round is up. That's the podcast. I felt like that was one of our best podcasts yet. We both came in the field. It was. Defense. There was a little fighting going on before the podcast started via text. So we were in rare form, and I thought that's that was the best. That was the best one yet. Also, since there's nothing else sent, we're going to confirm this for now. The bet is we'll do this. If Todd wins, I will eat. I will record a video of me eating 10 hot dogs. That, that is a fact. If I win, Todd will tie his feet together and hop something while holding a football. We'll figure out the distance. We'll figure out how we're going to do that exactly. But there will be something of that sort done, and that will also be videotaped and put on the socials. That is going to do it for today that is the bet don't forget the bet don't forget the locks make sure you use our picks for your money this weekend although i feel like we haven't been the best over the past couple weeks but i feel this use our locks use our locks use our locks but according to todd don't use mine because the eagles can't be trusted no use my lock use use todd's locks use todd's locks use my picks against the spread no because you're winning against spread. i can't even say that use my picks outright Put all your money on the favorites. Use my picks outright. Money line bets all the way. Use Todd's lock. Don't pick the Jets this week. And that's all I have to say. Todd, it was great. Week eight in the books. Next week, week nine award show. Also, if you are a fan of the MLB on the bump podcast, 
next week at some point we will have our MLB award our, the predictions for the MLB awards that'll come out Tuesday that'll be a fun one um, yeah so look for a lot of awards next week thank you guys see you next week